This morning, God's Word comes to us from Luke chapter 11. Luke 11. And we'll be reading just the first 13 verses of this chapter. Luke 11, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Here we are in the reading of God's Holy Word. I invite you to turn to the back of your Trinity Psalter hymnals to page 893 in the back section. Page 893. This is the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 45. It begins at the end of that page and continues on to the next. This morning I'm going to read for you uh, questions 116 through 118. So reading from page 893, question 116, why do Christians need to pray? The answer, because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of us. And also, because God will give His grace and Holy Spirit only to those who continually and with heartfelt longing ask God for these gifts and thank Him for them. Question 117. How does God want us to pray so that He will listen to us? First, we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who has revealed himself to us in his word, asking for everything he has commanded us to ask of him. Second, 
we must fully recognize our need and misery so that we humble ourselves in God's majestic presence. Third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation. Even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord, as he has promised us in his word. And then question 118, what has God commanded us to ask of him? Everything we need spiritually and physically, as embraced in the prayer Christ our Lord himself taught us. And that was the prayer that we read in Luke 11 this morning. Well, today we are returning uh, to our regular practice of studying the Word of God as it is summarized for us in the Heidelberg Catechism. Uh, the Catechism is a wonderful tool uh, to help in the preaching ministry of the church because it forces us to deal with a variety of topics. It forces us to preach the whole counsel of God. Uh, sometimes ministers have their favorite topics that they like to preach about, and it seems like every other sermon is about them. But with uh, catechetical preaching, uh, we preach the range of truth, the range of Scripture uh, that God has given to us. You may recall that we are in the third section of the Catechism. The Catechism has those three sections, uh, misery and deliverance, and gratitude. And we are in that last section, the section on gratitude. Before Christmas and our Advent series, uh, we spent time talking about the Ten Commandments. And we looked commandment by commandment of God's requirement for us in our lives, but always with the understanding that these things were done as a result of God's gift of salvation. The keeping of the law was not unto salvation, but it flowed from salvation. It was part of our thankful response to God. And in the third section, we have this last topic that's covered in our catechism, and that topic is prayer, particularly the Lord's Prayer, and also part of our thankful response to God. And so we're going to look for the next several weeks together at the petitions of the Lord's Prayer, uh, learning what God has uh, taught us about prayer, uh, why to pray, how to pray, and to speak unto Him. I'm always struck by the beginning of this story of Jesus giving the, the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Verse 1, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They had seen Jesus feed the multitudes. They had seen Jesus heal the sick. They had seen Jesus give sight to the blind. They had seen Jesus cast out demons. They had seen Jesus raise the dead. But it is when he prays that they say, Lord, teach us that. Lord, we want to learn to pray. The disciples recognized what perhaps we forget and that is the magnitude of prayer. 
the blessing of prayer, the privilege of prayer, the grandeur of prayer, that we may, we may come to the God of all the universe in prayer, and He will listen to us. And so this morning we too asked that question, Lord, teach us to pray. Our Heidelberg Catechism reminds us of the necessity of prayer. It is something that we need to do. In question 116, why do we have to pray? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires us. Prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness. It is a response of thanksgiving, like keeping the law is a response of thanksgiving. We kept the law, and we said every time we looked at the law, it's because of what God has done for us. And the same is true for prayer. We keep the law, we, we, we pray to God out of thanksgiving to Him for what He has done for us. And the Catechism says this is the most important part of our thankfulness. Even more important than keeping the law. And I've always often wondered why, it, why the Catechism uses that, that language, most important part of thankfulness. And I believe it's because in the keeping of the law, that response of thankfulness, it can look like we are somehow repaying God for what He has done for us. God's done good things for us, and so we do good things for Him and for others. It can look like a repayment. But in prayer, in prayer, we offer nothing to God. We simply receive. We simply ask. It is that most significant part of our thankfulness, lest we think we're somehow doing something on God's behalf. No, prayer simply receives from the God who cares for us. It is, it is to be a regular part of our lives. It's a necessary part of our lives. Again, from our confession, it is the most important part of thankfulness God requires of us. Prayer is not optional for the believer. It's a requirement from God. How do we pray so that God will listen to us we are to pray, uh, in question 117, asking for everything He has commanded us to ask of Him. And then again in question 118, what has God commanded us to ask? Prayer is not optional for the believer. With the command to pray comes the instruction of how to pray. Jesus would teach his disciples how they should pray to him. He says in verse 9 of our text, And I tell you, ask, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one to whom knocks, it will be opened. This idea of prayer as an ongoing action, something that happens continually in our lives, and that there is a certain progression in our prayers, this required response of thanksgiving, there's a progression in our prayers, asking and seeking and knocking. Kids, imagine that, that, uh, that you had a dog. Maybe some of you have a dog. Imagine you had a dog, and, and then one day that dog got lost. And, and so you went out and stood in front of your house, 
And everybody who came by, you said, have you seen my dog? Have you seen my dog? Have you seen my dog? And you'd ask everybody who came by, but nobody seemed to see your dog. And so then you would, you would leave your house with your parents' permission and start, start looking around the neighborhood. Where's my dog? Where's my dog? And you're, you're seeking, you're looking. It's a, it's a more intense activity. And finally, finally, you go to every neighbor and you knock on their door. Have you seen my dog? Have you seen my dog? You're so anxious to find your dog. And finally, you find your dog again. Someone's seen them. But there's this movement. There's this progression. I think oftentimes... We ask God in prayer, and then we get tired. And we say, okay, well, I guess that's not going to happen. Ask and seek and knock. There is movement. There's progression in our prayers as the urgency of the matter is brought before God again and again and again. Because what does our confession tell us in 116? God will give His grace and Holy Spirit only to those who continually and with heartfelt longing ask God for these gifts and thank Him for them. Continually and with heartfelt longing bringing our petitions to God. There is an absolute necessity in our prayers. How is it then we are to, to pray? And it's actually a very, a very simple way in which we're called to pray. Our confession lays it out so beautifully for us in, uh, in 117. How does God want us to pray so he will listen to us? First, we must pray from the heart to know other than the one true God who's revealed himself to us in his word. We are to pray from the heart. We are to pray sincerely. We are to pray sincerely, remembering that we are talking to God. We are talking to Him. In the, in the parallel passage which uh, gives the Lord's Prayer, it's in the context of, uh, of those who were praying, like the Pharisees, who were praying to hear themselves talk. They liked to talk supposedly to God, but really talking to themselves and to those around them. In prayer, we come to God, and we talk to Him. We come from the heart, sincerely, coming to our Father. We're going to talk about our Father in heaven as we look at that, that beginning of the prayer. We're not, we're not talking to each other. Children, when we have the prayer in church, the prayer that I think on the bulletin, it's called the congregational prayer. I just call it the long prayer. It's a long prayer. That prayer in church. I'm not talking to you when I pray that prayer. But we are together talking to God. Yes, the minister is the one who's praying, but, but as congregation we are entering into that, and together we are talking to God. I recall the story um, of a minister who was attempting to be eloquent in prayer, and as he was praying, uh, he prayed using a, uh, a Latin phrase, and then he went on to uh, translate that Latin phrase for God. Uh, he had forgotten who he was talking to. Uh, in, in prayer, we're not talking to each other. In prayer, we are talking to God, talking to our Father. And so, sincerely, sincerely from the heart, 
like, like kids when you go to your mom or your dad and you want to have a talk with them. Maybe you're worried about something. Maybe you're happy about something. And you say, can we just talk a little bit? Can I, can I sit on your lap and can we talk? And we come sincerely and we talk to God from the heart. How shall we pray that God would listen? First, we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who's revealed himself in his word, asking for everything he has commanded us to ask of him. We come to God sincerely. Second, we come to God humbly. Second, we must fully recognize our need and misery so that we humble ourselves in God's majestic presence. We come humbly because, yes, we are talking to our Father, but we are talking to God, our Father. Our Father who is in heaven. Our Father who is the creator of everything we see around us. Our Father who is the ruler of the whole world. In prayer, we are not coming to God who is our buddy. Not coming to God who is our pal. There is a sense of reverence as we enter into God's presence. We humble ourselves before Him. We are not on the same level. He is God. Yes, we are His children, but His fallen children. We come recognizing our own weakness and our frailty. We come recognizing we have fallen short of God's glory. We come recognizing we have sinned against Him. And in His majestic presence, we humble our, ourselves. Yes, He is our Father, but He is our Father who is the King of the universe. There is a, a certain sense of awe as we enter into the presence of God through prayer. We come sincerely. We come humbly. And our confession says, third, we rest on this unshakable foundation even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord as he's promised us in his word. God will surely listen. We come to God confidently. We pray sincerely, we pray humbly, and we pray confidently. And it's that sense of confidence that we see in the two stories that Jesus tells after giving the Lord's Prayer. These two twin stories, one is the request of a friend, one is the request of a son to a father. But these two stories really have the same point, and that is that we can come to God confident that He will hear us. These stories both begin in the same way, a very formulaic beginning, verse 5. He said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey I have nothing to set before him? And he will answer him, do not bother me. The door is shut and my children are with me. I can't give you anything. Which of you has a friend when if you went to them and asked for help, they'd say, no, I can't help you. And the answer is no one has a friend like that. A friend is one who will hear, who will answer. There may be acquaintances we have who'd say, no, I don't want to listen to you. But a friend, a friend is one who gets up 
A friend is one who will help you. Going on in verse 11. And which of you has a father? And if his son asked him for a fish, will give a, instead of a fish, will give a serpent. Or if he asked for an egg, will give a serpent. No one has a father like that. When we come to our father and we ask humbly and sincerely, the father will listen to his son. Which of you has a friend that does this? No one has a friend like that. Which of you has a father like this? No one has a father like that. A father cares and a father loves. A father, a loving father, will not ignore the pleas of his children. And we speak to our father in heaven. We speak to a father who delights to show mercy. We speak to a father who delights to hear our prayers. We speak to a father who loves to hear his children talking to him. And so we can have confidence. He will hear us when we pray. We read in verse 8 in the story of the friend, I tell you, Though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his impudence, uh, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. That word impudence is a little bit difficult. We have a footnote, I think a better translation, meaning persistence. Because of his persistence, he'll rise and give him whatever he needs. God will hear. We can have persistence and confidence in prayer because he does listen to us when we pray. We approach God confidently because of who He is. He is the one who delights to hear the prayers of His people. He is the one who promises to care for His people. He is the one who will surely hear us for the sake of His Son, Jesus Christ. That's, children, why we pray in Jesus' name. When we offer our prayers, when I offer the congregational prayer in church, I don't pray, you know, in Reverend Niemeyer's name or in someone else's name. We come to God in Jesus' name. He hears us for the sake of His Son, Jesus Christ, as a loving Father. Verse 13, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. The Father providing for our needs. And what is it? What is it we are to bring to God in prayer? What is it we are to pray for? Once again from our confession, 118. What has God commanded us to ask of Him? Everything we need, spiritually and physically, as embraced in the prayer Christ our Lord taught us. We can bring to God everything. Everything we need physically. We can pray for our ongoing daily needs. For the bread and for the fish and for the egg. And we know that God will provide those needs. And beyond that, we can pray, we can pray for our spiritual needs. That's where Jesus takes us in, this, in these two stories. How much more would the Heavenly Father not simply give bread or fish or an egg? How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Our needs, our, our physical needs, our spiritual needs, our deepest need is for the removal of our sins by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, assured to us by the work of the Holy Spirit. That, that sense of assurance and confidence 
Yes, we have many things we need in this life, things to get along physically, but they all mean nothing if we are not walking with the Lord, if we have not embraced Jesus Christ as our Savior, if the Holy Spirit is not active and powerful and directing our lives. And so when we come to God and we ask for forgiveness, when we ask Him to wash our sins away, even even those sins we have returned to once again, those, those ongoing besetting sins that seem so hard to get rid of in our lives, and we come to God again in prayer and say, God, forgive me once again. God will listen. We can be confident. And He will, of His mighty power, give the Holy Spirit to strengthen us day by day that we might have victory over sin in our lives. God provides our deepest need. And so this morning, once again, as we, as we look at this prayer that Christ taught us, what is it we are to pray for? Well, all things physical, but spiritual as well. If you are here this morning and do not know the Jesus Christ who has taught us to pray, do not know Him as your Lord and as your Savior, then today is the day to ask and to seek and to knock and to pray that God in His goodness would remove all of your sins as He has promised in His holy word through the blood of Jesus Christ. And this morning, as you pray that prayer, you can be confident. God does not turn a blind eye. God does not turn a deaf ear. But He hears the cries of His people. He is powerful to save. And we can with confidence then approach Him in prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Over the next several weeks together, we're going to talk about all things in our prayers, physical, all things spiritual, with the surety, with the confidence that as we approach our Father, our Father in heaven, He will certainly hear, for the sake of His Son, Jesus Christ, we can be confident that He will teach us, He will hear us, and in His perfect way, our God will answer us. Let us join together in a time of prayer. Lord God, our Father in heaven, oh, we praise you, for you are a great Father, a Father who is the King over all the universe, a Father who holds all the shares of all things in your hands. Lord God, we turn our hearts toward you. We ask that you would hear us in our prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, we recognize, oh God, we have, there is nothing in us that would allow us to approach you. We humble ourselves before you as those who are fallen and those who are sinful. And yet we know, oh God, as we turn to you, you have promised to hear us when we pray in Jesus' name. So we do approach you confidently. We ask that you would provide us this day and throughout the week to come all of our physical needs, we ask that you would give us this day the provision of our spiritual needs, as you have already, in allowing us to gather in your house to worship you. Thank you for this glorious blessing. Lord God, help us throughout this Lord's Day to honor you, to keep your day holy. Lord God, help us to, to know with confidence that you hear us as we call out, and you will continue to provide, and you will continue to do that which is best for us, your children. Thank you for the instruction in your word as we ask you to teach us to pray. Hear us for Jesus' sake. Amen.